I immediately had a vision that was as real to me as anything I've ever experienced. And, and in that vision, I was standing at the foot of the cross. No matter where we are in our walks of life, we all struggle with purpose and identity. Join us on the search for something better, real hope, peace, and meaning. Welcome to the Something Better Podcast with your hosts, Michelle and April. I knew I was, in my own religion, permitted to marry a Christian. But you know that it would be better to be married to a Muslim woman. But I thought, well, I can leave my wife to Islam. And, and so we got married. And, and I started to bring these things out. And she was pretty shocked. Like, she had no idea how differently we believed about Jesus and was this pretty upsetting to her actually. And here I am now kind of pressing her and her faith was real. She knew that Jesus was her Lord. And so I'm telling her, you need to deny Jesus as Lord. And and she just was not having that and just said, that's just not right. That's not how it works. And, and it became like a big point of conflict in our marriage. And then she got pregnant and now, okay, now we have a child coming into the world who's gonna be you know the product of these two people that have very different views and, and I was very clear with my wife, like, I married you as a Christian, so obviously I'm okay with you being a Christian for now, but our children are going to be Muslim on the day they're born. I made that really clear to her. They'll, they'll be Muslim. And then that was even more upsetting to her. And that was another, you know, huge source of conflict. And, and now what is she going to do? And, you know, she realized after a few months of this, that argument wasn't going to lead anywhere. She wasn't going to debate me out of Islam and into the church, really the only thing she could do was trust that, that somehow God could get through to me in a way that no human being ever could. And, and so she just began to devotedly pray and consistently pray and intercede for me every single day. And then that became sort of the motivation for her to kind of really get involved with a, a church fellowship you know, partly for herself, like she knew she needed to really grow in her faith because she wasn't listening to God when she married a Muslim. And and so she wanted to be in Christian community. And she also wanted to mobilize other believers, other Christians to pray for her Muslim husband. That's exactly what she did. And she did this for two years, just like recruiting as many Christians as possible, not just in her original home church, but then we ended up moving and she found another church and she specifically joined like the largest church in the, the city we had moved to because she wanted the maximum number of people praying. That's great to be praying for you. Yes. And so after two years of this, you know, from my side, like I'm happy that she's not really arguing with me about religion anymore, but I, but I, I'm just like feeling this discontent in my heart and, and in my spirit. And, and it, it was hard for me to put a finger on, on what was going on, but I would have, I, I was feeling less and less every day, less secure in my own salvation. And, and what that meant for me is, you know, that I'm, if I perform well enough, my religious duties, I'll go to heaven, but I was becoming less and less sure that I'm performing as well as I think I am. And I started to become much more conscious, aware of like my own sins, you know, big and small. And, and sort of realized, like, I just don't know that, you know, God is just going to overlook all this stuff because I prayed a bunch of times and I fasted a bunch of times. 
and you know i i recited a bunch of you know religious texts a bunch of times like somehow that like god's gonna look past like i just don't know anymore at least at least not for me maybe for other people maybe other muslims are aren't dealing or experiencing this but for me this i don't know if this is gonna work and i started to feel more and more distant from god like i never like as a Muslim, I never would say, oh, I have a relationship with God, but I at least had kind of awareness, like God's watching me, God's aware of me, you know, that kind of a thing. And I started to feel that less and less and feel like I was really far away from God. And that was really upsetting. And and the, to start thinking about maybe I'm going to die one day and be judged and not found to be worthy to enter into heaven. And what is that going to be like? And here I believed all the right things. And I tried to do all the right things to the best of my ability. And I could still go to hell. And that was depressing. And, and I began wrestling with that. And, and then I would have like these thoughts that would come into my mind that were so against my own religious beliefs. I later would find out these were verses from the Bible that I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking into my heart, like speaking truth to me and, you know, in response to all these prayers. And, and it was just like, oh, this constant like internal struggle and wrestling and, and I eventually reached this point where I was pretty sure I was, I was going to go to hell as a Muslim. Like, I believe that Islam is true, all of that, but I'm just not good enough and I'm going to go to hell. That's, that's where I landed. And it was at that moment, at just the right time, that my wife suddenly felt like, you know, I, it's time to invite Nasser to church and just see. You know, before that, I, I would have just automatically said, no, no way. I don't want to go into your crazy, you know, satanic temple. But... Now I'm going to hell. I'm so curious. I want to know what they do in church. I've heard about it for years, but I, I would like to kind of investigate it. And so if I'm going to hell anyway, I might as well check it out. And so I went to church with her and was totally, you know, the culture shock, religious culture shock, because church, you know, going to church is so different than, than going to a mosque as a Muslim. And so like everything was offensive to me, pretty much, you know, everything was just like, oh, this is all evil stuff. What are you guys doing? And I was so turned off by kind of the practices and, you know, some of the, you know, the forms that, that were being used in the church you know, as far as how people worship and all of that. But at the same time, I was so drawn to this kind of spirit of love, of, of, of brotherhood, of community that I, I never really experienced anything like that before. And, and I was really also drawn to what I thought was a very kind of naive, but very Christian idea that, oh, and we, and God loves us and, and he wants relationship with us and we can meet him here and we can experience his presence here. And I thought, yeah, that's a nice idea. I don't believe that's possible, but wow, that would be so amazing if it was true. And that was, that was like another thing that was just like drew me drew me to want to hang out with these people. And so I began just regularly, you know, when I was off of work, just coming to church with my wife. I'm wondering, did she ever actually invite you the other times? You said she invited you at just the right time, but yeah. you, would, you would, would have said no previously, but did she actually ask you to attend? I don't recall her ever asking me before that time. Okay. She maybe, maybe she did, but I don't remember it. And if she had, I would have just said no. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not what I, that's not what I'm interested in. But it's interesting. Right. I mean, obviously now 
I would guess you would say prayer works because yes. like your whole mindset is beginning to change and you are so firm mm-hmm. in your beliefs and your culture and how you would raise your children. And now yes. something's happening men- mentally where you right. yourself kind of thinking like, what's going on? Like, where are these like yes. coming from? Right. Exactly. And now I'm in church. So now I'm really hearing the gospel you know, every single week, you know, straight from the Bible. And I really had avoided the Bible up to this point. I didn't like people quoting the Bible to me. I certainly wasn't ever interested in reading anything from the Bible. But now I'm having the Bible preached, you know, at me, you know, every Sunday. And and I'm hearing and, I'm, and, and, and things are starting to click as far as I, I finally get to the point that I think I at least understand what the Christian narrative is, what the, what the story of the Bible really is. I'm still rejecting it. But at least now I think I, I finally, like I see how all the pieces fit together and I see how, you know, Jesus being, you know, God come to live with man makes sense. You know, how, how that, how that fits into the story. Maybe it doesn't make sense to me, but at least I understand how it fits in the story, his death on the cross, his resurrection, you know, all of that. Like I, I'm starting to put all the puzzle pieces together, whereas before they'd always been sort of scrambled in my mind. I'm still rejecting it, but I understand the story. And, and there's a part of me as I, I'm starting to understand the story that says, man, I don't believe any of this, but oh, how I wish it was true. Like, this is a good story. Like, that would be amazing if we could really be united, reconciled in this way with God. Not after I die. Like right now, I could be reconciled to the one who made me. I could have a relationship with him. I could be able to hear his voice clearly and 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 know that he hears me and and to be a part of a of a true new kind of humanity that is is one family one tribe you know all over the earth that you know are are all united by God himself and his work and not anything that we've done like wow what a story but it's just a story but i wanted it to be true so bad i i one day in church i just kind of cried out, not out loud, but in my heart, I just cried out to God. I I wish this story was true. I want to believe it so bad, but how can I believe when I have all these other reasons, you know, for why I, I believe that Islam is true. And, you know, I trust, I, I trusted my, my teachers, my elders, my father, you know, who, who handed this religion down to me. And, and how can I believe this, you know, what to me, you know, I, I didn't understand, you know, the Eastern roots of Christianity. So I sort of saw Christianity as this Western religion. And and so and how can I believe this Western religion? This is not of my people. It's not, you know, who I am. I'm not connected to it in the same way. And of course, they believe it. They were brought up in it. So God, I need you. If, if Christianity is true, if the gospel is true, God, I need you to confirm it to me in some way. Like I need something something supernatural, a sign, just something, hear your voice, like whatever, whatever it takes. Like if it's true, just tell me and I'll believe. And as soon as I, you know, made this plea in my own heart, I immediately had a vision right there and sitting in church. Like I had this vision that was as real to me as anything I've ever experienced. And, and in that vision, I was standing at the foot of the cross, watching Christ being crucified, watching him take upon himself the the sin of humanity, 
And, you know, for me, what was especially important was my own personal, you know, sin. He was taking it upon himself and doing away with it, breaking it, and ultimately having victory over these, these, this darkness that I knew was in me and had massive influence on me and my decisions and my thoughts. And, and I could never seem to overcome it, but he could overcome it. And, and he did that for me. And, and he basically gave me the key to my own prison that, you know, if you want to, if you want freedom, if you want to escape this slavery that you're in, if you want to, you know, stop being a slave and become my child, all you have to do is, is put your trust in me. But you've, you know, the key's in your hand. You've got to decide that you want out. And if you want out, I'm ready to receive you right now. And so I did. So, you know, the vision ended and I, I prayed. I acknowledged Christ as Lord, as God, as Savior, and, and asked him to, to forgive me, to receive me. And he did. And I felt, I felt the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, just immediately, like, descend upon me and fill me and it was like being wrapped up in the most amazing feeling of love and peace and acceptance and just completely changed everything so i imagine our listeners want to understand also what this vision was like and you've described it so well but did you also feel like it it's just a out of mind and body experience. Like you're physically mm-hmm. sitting in the church, you know, I think next to your wife. And then yeah. are you just feeling transported to a different place? But that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know I was having a vision. I just, I actually felt like I was transported, you know, and, and suddenly, you know, one moment I'm sitting in the back pew of this big church. And the next moment I'm standing on this rocky hill watching this Middle Eastern man who is just torn up and bloody, beaten badly, being nailed to a piece of wood right in front of my eyes and then being raised up on what I realize is a cross. And it's as if I'm there. Like it was, it was unreal. And it was, it was so real that it was unreal. Like I just, I couldn't believe what was happening. And I wasn't really, because it was so intense, I wasn't really thinking, like I was just totally focused on what I was seeing. And I wasn't really thinking about how is this happening? And how did I get here? I was just in that moment. And and the moment seemed to stretch for hours. And when it was finished, I was sitting back in the church again, like nothing happened, except I had had this experience. And I had to respond in some way. And I responded by surrendering my life to Jesus. But afterwards, when I had time to kind of think this through and reflect, that's when I started to wonder, was that, what was that? How is that possible? Was I just hallucinating? Did I have a daydream that was just very vivid? Was this some sort of vision from Satan? Because, you know, remember, everything I saw in this vision is completely contradicted by the Quran and by Islam. So the things that I saw and experienced as real things my religion tells me this never happened. It's all false. So maybe Satan gave me this vision to sort of tempt me into leaving my faith. And so I had to wrestle with all of this. And I ended up wrestling with it for like a little over a week. And and I finally came to the conclusion, well, this when I responded to the vision by surrendering my life to Christ, I experienced peace. 
I, ex- I experienced the presence of God. I felt the love of God like in me. And, and since that day, nothing about any of that has changed. I still feel God's presence. I still have this, even though I'm like very disturbed, you know, about this decision I've now made and what the implications will be. I still at the same time have this crazy peace and I don't know why. And I still feel the love of God and I don't know why. And so I don't think a daydream can cause that. I, I don't, unless I'm still hallucinating these, these emotions, like I, I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I don't feel like I've gone insane and I don't see how Satan could help me feel love and peace and acceptance and all of these wonderful things that I'm feeling for the first time. You know, this has to be from God. And if it's from God, then it ha- then that means that the gospel is true and that I, I must be a Christian now. Did you have anyone to help you process all of this? Like someone that was a Christian or just, a, you know, your wife or anybody yeah. that helped you kind of think through this or you were doing Not this? really. It was all internal and it was all alone. I was terrified to share with anyone at first. The first person I, I did tell was my wife and it was about 10 days, you know, after this vision, I finally shared with her and she was overjoyed uh, and she was so overjoyed and she didn't really understand what the implications would be, you know, what it means for a Muslim to leave their religion is like a capital offense. Like it is a serious, bad, bad thing. She didn't know any of that. So as soon as she found out, she began telling her family, telling the church. And then suddenly I was like, oh no, it's going to come out. Because I was still trying to decide if I could be a closet Christian and just never tell anyone, especially my family. And now I didn't have that option on the table anymore. And so that's really where I really had to navigate this stuff was, okay, how do I tell my family now that I have, I have committed the worst sin possible in Islam, which is to leave the faith? How can I tell my family that I've done it? And remember, you know, what we've said about my culture, the individual and individual freedoms are nowhere near as important as the, the health and the prosperity of the family, you know, the group that you're a part of. And for me to leave Islam is a huge shame and, and a huge sin and now that's going to reflect on my family. This is my decision is going to hurt my family. And it's going to it's going to communicate to my family that I just don't care about them anymore and maybe even that I hate them, which is not at all how I feel. But that's what the decision my decision is going to mean for them. And and how can I share that with them? And how can I share it with them in a way that maybe they too might choose to believe. And and so I had to kind of walk that out very cautiously and with a lot of fear and anxiety, but begin sharing first with my siblings and then eventually with my parents that this decision that I had made and and why I had made it. Yeah, that's huge. So we've got different cultures colliding, a totally different life change, something you weren't even wanting initially. Yes. So this is a lot going on. I can imagine. And then you you didn't share with your wife until you said 10 days after did yeah. she think you were just like something was going on with you and you just weren't she had no idea really no idea yeah i uh, she she was still praying for me every single day and you know going to prayer meetings and interceding for me with tears you know begging god to show me the truth to save me and had no idea that he had already answered that prayer wow that's awesome yeah. Well, so for our listeners that let's say they have um, the same background or maybe another cultural background and they are interested in Jesus, but obviously, like you just shared, there's some really big challenges that can yes. come along with that decision and that cultural shift. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through 
your experience with that and and through that, do you have any wisdom or shared experiences that could help guide someone in a similar position? Yes. So, you know, it's not just, you know, Muslims who, you know, Muslim families where it's a big deal if a son or a daughter in the family leaves the family's religion. I know, you know, I've, I've had friends from from Hindu backgrounds, from Orthodox Jewish backgrounds, and and many other other faiths where you know that's that's a big deal and it's there's going to be a lot of fallout from family and all of that and how do i share with my family do i share with my family you know is a is a huge question and what and i've also had the the honor over the 25 years since i became a christian myself to kind of help walk alongside of and and be the person that i didn't have the people who you know young men and women who are coming from a Muslim background and choosing to follow Jesus, to be able to walk alongside them and help them navigate that and navigate how how to share with their family, when to share with their family. And the thing that I counsel everyone to do is, you know, take it one step at a time. Don't don't be in a rush. Obey the Holy Spirit. Let's, let God guide you through those steps. You have him now. <laughs> he, he's with you. He's not going to leave you. And, and he wants your family to hear the truth. And if you're the first member in your family to make a decision for Christ, then you might be the one that God's been intending all along to bring the truth to the rest of your family. And in my case, you know, the first time I shared about my new faith with one of my brothers and one of my sisters, that very same day they chose to follow Jesus as well. And if I hadn't shared with them, that wouldn't have happened. And I, I can't know if anyone else would have ever shared the gospel with them in a way that they would have understood it and could have made a decision if I hadn't done it. And so that's important, but it's also important to let God lead that process and, and not to feel, you know, defensive or, or any pressure, you know, to, to communicate everything just right, but just to trust God, trust his timing. And when you feel the prompting that now it's time to share, share and, and trust that God will give you the words, even if it's just in that moment of how to communicate his truth. And then also realize that they might accept this gospel, this good news with joy and make a decision themselves, or they might respond very negatively. And that's okay. That's, that's not a reflection on you. They have to make their own decision. And even if they respond at first negatively, they may change their mind later. And, you know, I'm still waiting for you know most of my family to to join us in, in coming to the Lord. But you know, in the last 25 years, in addition to a brother and a sister, I've now we've also seen now my mother come to follow make the choice to follow Jesus as well. And we're still praying for and believing for the salvation of my father and the rest of my siblings. But that's that's up to them. And you know what's what's important for me is to continue to be faithful myself, continue to not just preach, you know, the gospel, but live it and, and model for them what it means to follow Jesus and, and trust that God is working in their life, even if I don't see it. Because as I said, you know, my wife, the closest person on earth to me had no idea how God was working in my heart for that, not just those 10 days, but even that whole previous two years that, that the Holy Spirit was working on me. She had no idea. She wasn't seeing the differences. She wasn't seeing the changes that were happening internally. And so we don't know what's going on inside another person, but God does. And we can trust that he loves them. He wants them to, to know the truth and to walk in it. And, and we can partner with God in that 
by sharing the truth, living the truth, and praying for them. Well, I love your story because it's just such a powerful example of how Jesus is at work in people's hearts and minds. How you shared, you know, at the beginning of your story, you just grew up in a culture where you had your mind set and you wanted to follow mm-hmm. Islam. It wasn't like you weren't enjoying it or, you know, it wasn't something right. you didn't want to do. It was something you yeah. were very proud of. And yes. then, and you were against, you know, even, even considering another faith. And then it's clear that God was just at work in your heart because you started having those doubts and questions when exposed to Christianity through your wife. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the vision and just the, the point of ultimately seeing, experiencing just who Jesus is and, and what he's done for us. Um, so it's just a powerful testimony. So I know that our listeners are just going to be very encouraged to hear it. And again, if there's anyone who has similar culture or background or wants to know about Jesus, you know, and they're just not sure how, I appreciate the tips that you shared. I think that's really, it's just going to be really helpful. It's it's real life and real, you know, practical, practical steps people can take. So if there are listeners that are listening and they have questions and want to check out some of your other resources and content, where can people find you online? Probably the best place to go is comeandsee.church. That will take you to my YouTube channel. And I have some various links on there also to, you know, some ministries that I'm involved in. But that's, that's the best way to, to find me and interact with me online right now. Great. And we'd love to end by just asking you, what is a significant verse or scripture hmm. to your life that you could share with us and just explain why? Sure. Uh, I would say Ephesians 5, 14, where the Apostle Paul writes, you know, uh, therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I feel that that was sort of exactly what I experienced. One of the, I had mentioned when I was in that, that during those two years that I was the target of all of these prayers, you know, that God would, was, was speaking to me you know, speaking in my heart. And one of the ways that he spoke to me, you know, one was, was Bible verses that I didn't know were from the Bible. I just thought these were weird thoughts that were popping in my head, but another was through Christian music. And there's a song uh, by DC talk that was really popular in the nineties and uh, it, it's called In the Light. And there was a, a chorus in that song, you know, that, you know, it's, I, you know, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. And I would get like that. And this uh, another part of it said, you know, and I'm still, but I'm still a man in need of a savior. And, and that all oh, would get stuck in my head. Like, you, know, you have a song that you just can't get out of your mind. That was a song for me. I just could never get it out of my head. And I kept trying to push it away and reject it. And I'm like, this is not what I believe. This is not how it works. I don't need a savior. I just have to be better. I have to perform better. That's how I get saved. But this song wouldn't get out of my mind. And, and I realized now it was God calling to me, calling me to rise, to wake up, to come and, and be in the light as he is in the light, to receive his light in me. And, and that that picture and that that verse that idea has been with me now for 25 years and and really defines what i feel like is my spiritual journey of from death to life from being asleep to now finally being awake 
Well, we have sure enjoyed having you on the show today. We appreciate your time. And I just know that God is going to work through your story to encourage and lead others. So thank you so much. We really appreciate having you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. All right. We'll see you next time, everyone. Jesus truly is something better. The answer to our search for meaning and identity. He can bring real purpose and joy to your life. We'd love to help you get to know him. So connect with us online at somethingbetter.us backslash podcast. And if you're ready to begin a relationship with him today, just click the learn more button. On our site, you'll also find previous episodes and you can share your feedback with us in a voice message. We release a new episode every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Did you enjoy today's episode? Take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and tag us on Instagram at Find Something Better. We'd love your help in sharing this great content with others. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time.